I'm Aaron Armstrong. I'm Pete Moran. And I'm Anthony Pizzo. And we love to watch. We love to watch performative child labor. Baseball season's underway. Well, you better get ready for a brand new day. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? The Cubs are gonna win today. They're singing, Go Cubs, go! Hey guys, how's it going? Hey team. You know, it's funny is that I was kind of leaning in at that intro part because I realized that we had never asked Anthony how his last name was pronounced. And I'm like, oh shit, what's he going to say? Oh, I asked him. I asked him off mic. Uh, and then I didn't tell you because I wanted uh, you to fuck it up. I did because he says his name first, Peter. I don't think you know how the show works. Have you listened? Uh. <laughs> well, now you know it's pizza. He, he came up with a very reasonable one. You remember how you say pizza? Yeah, well, well Pizzo. That was, yeah. uh... Yeah. Oh, you want an Anthony Pizzo? <laughs> Please don't do this. <laughs> it's a me, Anthony. <laughs> it's, it's okay. The intro music then is not going to make any sense because it's just going to be H to the Izzo. So, <laughs> but, but it's going to be me saying P. It's going to cut out and I'm going to record me just going P to the Izzo. <laughs> P. How about just a song about a pizza pie and then you just make it, you just have you dub in the letter O at the end of every pizza pie. But it has to be like the flattest O possible. So it's like, yeah. when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza O pie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly like that. Uh, so Anthony, so thank you so much for coming on this show. We, uh, I think, you know, we, we've been talking for a couple of years now, maybe more, three, four years, something like that. Eight years since the beginning of time, <laughs> somewhere on that spectrum. And... Uh, we should have had you on a long time ago. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Hold uh, us accountable. Hold our feet to the fire, Anthony. Somebody has to do it. And, you know, just to further take accountability and assess accountability, uh, I think Aaron deserves all the blame for this. Um, I wanted you on like six months ago, but he yeah. was like... He was I like, said no, no other A names. We're <laughs> <laughs> done. Bands. <laughs> no, so we're very excited to have you on. So why why don't we, uh, before, I know you brought a game, and we have two movies to talk about. So uh, hold on. Being a good host, uh, this is a new month. This is Double Trouble Month. I think that's what we landed on. Double Trouble also, works. It takes two to make a podcast go right. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, since this is baseball, it, it should be a double header. Mm, interesting. <laughs> I was also chewing on the, the idea... Uh, the other Clone Wars, but I think Double Trouble. <laughs> I think Double Trouble is where we work. We were really landed. Yeah, and I kind of feel like we definitely have not explained it right because even a guest of our show next week was like, "So I'm just watching one of these, right?" And I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. You're, no, you're watching both." So I thought yeah, that was so a, clear. Yeah, I thought so too. But you know, well, Anthony, it's because you possess intelligence and grace. Thank you. And Douglas is an oaf. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's I you know what I I don't even feel bad saying this I would call him a nerd in the basement. <laughs> oh wow, you're getting a little personal there. Yeah, fuck the that best guy. thing about 
the best thing about this dissolve bullshit is having inside jokes put uh <laughs> put out for everybody. Your your tens of listeners will love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so we're so we're doing double trouble month. So we're doing two movies a week, and this is movies that are have similar premise. And they came out within about a year of each other at the very longest. So this is the first one. We're doing Little Big League from 1994 and Rookie of the Year from 1993. Both movies that asked, how do we get some wish fulfillment from kids going into baseball when kids can't normally play professional baseball? Hey, there ain't nothing in the rule book says kids can't play baseball. Well, thanks for blowing my first note. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually no. something that the movie never addresses. Like, there's never... Airbud has the, the the famous line. This movie is very similar to Airbud. That, you know, ain't nothing in the rule book says a kid can't play baseball. So we're, we're kind of doing an off-format month. And we are going to do... We're not going to do exactly the, the way that we normally do. It's not like we're going to go through both movies and analyze them the same way. We'll still do the quick plot summaries. But then our kind of goal is to talk about them in relation to each other. And we're going to kind of do a versus. We're not going to do the same type of versus like you can't like both. Pick one to go into your well, canon. That's, I was trying I to be a doing a clever that. way to direct. <laughs> you were trying to Shade. not say the word canon. I was trying not to say the word canon. I couldn't think of it. I was going to say shelf. <laughs> you got to pick one to go on the roster. So, but you, so Anthony, you can like, you can you like place Aaron. <laughs> I'd like Anthony. Put me in coach. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you, you, you can like both, but really we're going to try to pick sides and say which one of these extremely similar movies Works for you, and we're going to do that for the next next three weeks. With that being said, introing the month, Anthony is our first guest on this extremely off-format month. Anthony, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience with three things about yourself? Uh, my name is Anthony Pizzo. I went to film school, and now I'm career adjusting, and I'm going into medicine, aiming to be a physician assistant. So that's one thing. Uh, I have a project where I draw a cartoon of an episode of television every day. Which is which is fucking fantastic. Like, I love it even really, when I really haven't good. seen the show. Like I or the episode. Like it's just like very charming little little drawings. Like they're oh, very they're very sweet. Uh, and the third thing is that I can do a shit ton of voices. Okay, uh, well, first of all, do Schwarzenegger. You know, I'm not some sort of animal you can ask to do these things or command. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He's better than the German we had on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he wasn't Austrian. It was a completely different country. And they have never crossed over, ever. Yeah, they never <laughs> crossed over. Um, that was pretty impressive. Thank you, Kyle. Um, so, just throughout the episode... If I just uh, yell a name at you, um, just perform on command. A New York person. Like, what do you call? Hey, yo, what's up with the with the the manning things? Hey, bada bing. Can we can we replace both of us with Anthony? I think we could. <laughs> oh man, like so, I do the script reading thing. You've talked about that with Bridget. Uh, yeah. Sometimes there are more roles than there are people, and I'll yeah. wind, and we'll often wind up talking to ourselves. And so we did uh, the pilot of uh, Kings, Gods and Kings, or wh whatever one of those like biblical th shows was that lasted two episodes. And we G had Gods and Jesuses. Yes, I think that was it. Uh, and so there was a scene where a character I was voicing as Woody Allen had a conversation with a character I was voicing as Christopher Walken. <laughs> 
That Why sounds. Hey, uh, hey, Anthony. Rough. Are both of those people here right now? <laughs> they, they, uh, they are. Uh, so it, I I can't remember the exact lines, but it was like, uh, "You you want me to to destroy this kingdom? You you you're mad. You're mad." Now listen, it's a very simple thing I'm asking you do for the sake of for the good of our peoples. I don't even want to cover a movie anymore. I just want to <laughs> listen to this. Yeah, wait, hold on. <laughs> do Peter. That was beautiful. Yeah, do me. Do me. Here, wait, here, here, wait, hold on. Here, here's me just talking. Uh, I'm Peter. This is my voice. Here, this is what I talk like. Uh, hi, this is Peter. This is my voice. This is what I talk like. Holy shit, he nailed it. It was pretty good. Do you I want mean, to? He- he sounded like he had had sex with someone, which is some something that we don't ascribe to you normally, Peter. <laughs> here, let, let me do we Aaron. Do not. <laughs> All right, here, here's my Aaron voice. Hi, ho! This is Aaron Armstrong. Welcome you to Leave Love to Watch. <laughs> I mean, I, I hope that's what I said. That's a, that's an aspirational mm. voice if I've ever heard Hi. one. Hi, I'm Aaron. <clears throat> Hi, Anthony. How you doing? I'm doing very well. <laughs> Who's now it's du- now it's double double trouble, Aaron's. <laughs> who's the who's the little Kermit? Uh, Robin. Robin. What does he sound like? Is he like higher Kermit? Yeah, he's it like, like it's it's not like Kermit. He's sort of like I can't do him because he's like in a weird range. But he he he's, he's kind of like a higher higher scooter. than you. <laughs> okay. I was gonna say I was like, is he just because we could do a Robin and Kermit thing, but we could just have two Kermits. That's well, fine. we could also that do works. Kermit and Constantine if you saw Muppets Most Wanted. Oh yeah, the second Muppets movie, Aaron. <laughs> I mean, it's like the ninth. Um, that was pretty Peter. impressive. Like, I will say. yeah, that's great. Please do not be afraid. All of the actually, there's one. There's probably one actor that is pretty impressionable. I know that's not the right way to use that word, Peter. <laughs> Gary Busey in Rookie of the Year. I've never tried him. I'll I'll, I'll work on that. Yeah, please. In the next uh, hour, will you perfect that? Um, <laughs> yeah. Thank hey, you. Hey, uh, Aaron. Hey, Aaron. Can we sidebar? Hey, Anthony. Can yeah, you let's just, sidebar. You know, not, uh, not listen for a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, we have to kick him off the show. He's way better than us. If he hears, if they, if people hear his Italian accent, they're not going to want to hear us talk about the pizza pie anymore. I got an idea. Like. Bear with me. I'm going to, in editing, say that, like, we said that and then just edit in that voice when we do the impression. I think that might work. I think that I think people might take that. Yeah. And then we'll be like, yeah, we worked on it. But then going forward, we're going back to our other one that's more artistically pure. Uh So, like, that's like our mainstream. We'll give it to the masses that way. That's really true. And can you also, in editing, can you make my dick sound bigger? Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> the, the, the way I said, oh, yeah, was <laughs> felt incorrect immediately. <laughs> like, 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 I've been waiting for you to ask me for a very long time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Finally. It's like, it's like someone asked you out. Like says yes or something, and you're like, you're oh penthouse. yeah, no, definitely, yeah, yeah. I never thought Peter would ask me <laughs> say yes to the unorthodox editing request. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and we'll pipe that in right now. This is uh, Peter's dick sounding bigger. It's gonna be a balloon <laughs> deflating. <laughs>
Okay, let's move it along. Move All right. it along. All right, Anthony's enough. voices. Anthony, we got, yeah, we get it. You're better than us, <laughs> Anthony. Everything's a challenge. Speaking of challenges, Anthony, do you guys want to talk about Rookie of the Big League? No, that's or, not a movie, or, Aaron. Or Little of the Year? Little Big Rookie. Little of the Year sounds like a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> little of the Year, the Peter Morin story. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's Stuart Little 3, Little of the Year. Yeah, Little of the Year, a noun is missing. <laughs> we love to Little. We love to Big League. <laughs> So let's do a quick rundown of the plot, very quickly. Okay. Both. I have, a, I have, a, I have an idea. Not interested. Which one? No. <laughs> do you want to just like start from the beginning of the movie and just keep saying the plot until they diverge? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Kid okay. has dipshit two friends. <laughs> yep. Um, kid uh, likes a girl and a f- likes a girl. Oh yes. god. Kid likes a girl, wants to impress her. Um not interested. Dipshit friends say the girl is hot. Yeah. Um and one then, does it better than the other. Yes. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Yes. And then uh through a stroke of fate, one random chance, one <laughs> terrible tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess they're both kind of weirdly tra- like they're both kind of weirdly tragedies. Like one is a pure tragedy, and one is like a what looks like a tragedy and turns out to be a success. Mm-hmm. One's uh, I got an owie that's temporary. Once I lost my grandpa, who is supporting the family, and also because his dad died too. Like yeah, yeah. Like his surrogate dad, who has taken over since his dad died, has also left the family. We'll so get into like, this. Man, they both have two dead dads. Yeah. What? Well, yeah. They both they both have single moms. They both have single moms who are, are you know, working hard. Uh, they both uh, end up on a baseball team. One as a manager, one as a uh, actual player. So little big league is a little bit more realistic and grounded. Like mm-hmm. there's no law against like a fucking manager. There's no it's rule. Still rule uh, it's still a job. There's still child a, labor laws. Yeah, but he's got a blessing from his mom, and like it, it's, it's. They both they both have like ten, tentative blessings from their parents. You love my and also to run the baseball team, son. <laughs> <laughs> I give him my blessing on my daughter's birthday, wedding, whatever. <laughs> I, so, I do uh, like it because Anth- I think Anthony perfected all of his accents by watching the critic and being like, I can do 5% better. Give me the one the fingernail clippers. So, so, yeah, in Little Big League. Uh, so, kids, no, so I think this is – so then they they start out on the team and both um, immediately realize it's harder than they thought it was going to be despite yeah, be- one having superhuman skill and the other one being a super genius. And I feel like this is where they diverge. Mm-hmm. Well, they they also both remember their best friends on the baseball team want to fuck their moms. <laughs> yes, um, one of those men is Gary Busey. So one of these movies is at a severe deficit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think hey, I don't think the bad guy from Field of Listen. Dreams is any better. <laughs> Your mom's really kind of hot, kid. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna make a move. I I should point out that they don't try to fuck their moms. No, they, they're successful. Yes. 
<laughs> and uh, one of them is not one of them is like a little grumpy about it and then one of them is like one of them is like hell yeah take <laughs> take it to town well the, the interesting thing about uh little big league apparently they have a history because uh early on the grandpa says like hey you know that ball player he'd, he'd be a good father for little no Jimmy. no 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 he says something worse he says there's a couple of ball players on the team who would be a good father for he <laughs> i thought he was talking about one guy about, no. in particular what? no he says a couple people but he's wow. not talking about timothy busfield he's like there's a lot of dick floating around you can <laughs> you can you can get one to both give you a little bit of something and also raise your kids my so grandson my grandson needs a father. This is like the opposite of like Ivory Tower. Uh, um, what's who's the one with the really long hair? Rapunzel. Rapunzel. This is the opposite of Rapunzel uh, sexism, where it's like a dad just wants to keep his daughter safe for so long that like the daughter just like fucking like atrophies. It's the opposite of that, where he's like, yeah, just uh, somebody fuck my daughter. Anybody? Uh, uh, you, you, you got a baseball bat? Hold on, his daughter-in-law. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Even creepier. I mean, both are really creepy, but it's like, like, look, I know you used to fuck my son really hard. He's dead. Accept it. Go fuck some one of my employees. Please. Please. Fuck one of my employees. Like, transfer this. Okay, so this is another thing. There's a romanticism and baseball in both of these movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That uh, kind of transfers uh, throughout. So... This movie and and both of these movies sort of pretend like being a baseball player or being on a baseball team management is not just like a job. In any other company, if the boss's son died, <laughs> then he's like, the, the, the mom is around or whatever. Let's say, I don't know, the fucking company is something the kid actually wants to be at. So the mom is all is around the company all the time. And then he's like, hey, see uh, Travis, our uh, general manager. Uh, yeah, yeah. He works second shift. Uh, he uh, he could give you a pretty good dickin', I think. Uh, uh, speaking of which, you want to go uh, visit the grave this weekend? <laughs> Like what? there's no there's no appropriate context for this. No, it's because it's baseball and everyone's like baseball is this big romantic thing, like this big this big beautiful thing, and it's like well, it's for families, and there's only one definition of family before the law, thy God. <laughs> and like I, I think I think that's gonna get into why these movies are very similar, but once we get into details, have some differences because the same movie where it's where where, it's, where, where Jason Robart says please. Fuck someone. Please. <laughs> it's the same one where an 11-year-old watches porn for far too oh, long. Oh, God. So, anyway. So, we're going to get into all that. So, so here's where I think the movies diverge, though. So, they both get in over their head. Then they get very good at their job. And stuff starts mm -hmm. turning around. Little Big League, ostensible protagonist kid, then that's, you know, because there's, there's got to be a drama. There's got to be a third act thing. He kind of loses his way and gets into the same mindset that he was – pushing against mm -hmm. and he becomes a real asshole in rookie of the year that at that moment his mom's boyfriend who's his manager who becomes a real asshole and tries to get into the deep-seated world of real baseball deals and stuff like that so i feel like that's really where they diverge where rookie of the year 
that kind of um, dramatic descent into a bad guy left off of our protagonist, whereas in Little Big League, our protagonist is the one that becomes a dick. Uh, Rookie of the Year solves this by the final conflict with him being that he loses his magic powers and has to figure out a way to get out of the inning uh, because, of course, you can't get a pitcher out of the inning <laughs> until the very end. I will also say I think the kid from Rookie of the Year is a dick the entire movie. <laughs> from think- Rookie of the Year or Little Big League? I, like, he's not a dick, but he's just, like, super obnoxious. Like, oh, my that, God. In that way, like, all 11-year-olds are, like, kind of dicks. See, I, I think the opposite. I think that Henry Rowengarter from Rookie of the Year is, like, a... It actually does a really good job of both from the writing and from his acting. Like, he's like a real 11, 12-year-old, which he yeah, is. He's kind, of a, he's kind of an asshole, and he does stupid things. But he does it with such, like, zest and gusto of, like, kids. Where, where fucking Billy from <laughs> Billy. Little Big League is just, like, a completely unrelatable dickhead the whole movie. Yeah, no, like, when I say, like, he's a dick, like, I think, like, children generally are kind of horrible uh yeah but like little big league he's horrible like an adult i feel like and 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 the fundamental difference between the two movies is that rookie of the year is a movie of child wish fulfillment and little big league is a story of an adult transposing what they wish now on a child i think you're right because Little Big League makes the strangest decision ever. Because you're right. Pitcher, of course, who doesn't want to pitch for the fucking Chicago Cubs? Little Big League makes a decision to have him not be the coach, which is something that people understand. Mm-hmm. And instead makes him the manager, which I'm still not sure as an adult who follows baseball, I grasp. Right, but that's totally a, a job that an adult would like – Somebody who has spent years, like, with baseball would understand the advantages of being the manager, like, and sort of sacrificing the idea that it's not any fun. Like, it's one of those, like, hardcore, like, baseball nerd things where you you come to love it because, like, you're moving all these pieces around and it's it's not something a kid really thinks about. I understand coaching – Managers are not in the dugout making like you should do a hit and run versus do a bunt. Yeah, and, and I think they they fudge that because otherwise it would be really boring. I think that the the jobs thing is especially strange because the the job of a general manager is like something that's like got a lot of weird economic specifics and it's like managing rosters and shit mm-hmm. and then he like has to fire a player, which is like one of the few things that like makes sense that a general manager would have to do. Yeah. But like uh the the who who's who is it just keeps taking away jobs from him. The coach and other people are just like, "Oh yeah, well we'll handle this and this for you." And and you're like when the coach the coach and a couple other people are like, "Oh yeah, we'll handle this and this for you." So we're theoretically supposed to believe that like this kid is still I think the kid is almost getting, like, forced out of his job in Little Big League because he's like, I'm going to be the general manager, not the coach, okay? And then eventually he becomes the coach and whatever. But he's like, I'm going to be the general manager. And then they give him jobs. But the coach is completely fine with it. They they kind of posit this idea that the general manager and the coach are, like, jobs that just play off each other to make mm-hmm. decisions at all times. Yeah, and, and but they keep taking away responsibilities from him except for one responsibility in in <laughs> which is to fire somebody. <laughs> like they keep being and like, like his like, favorite player. 
Yes, exactly. And it's such a strange thing because, like, the, the actual coach is like, it's not a big deal. And I'm like, well, then you go fucking do it. This is a 12-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> like, a 12-year-old yeah. who, like, is buddy-buddy with all of these guys and especially and- – this guy who everybody has kind of stopped believing in. Yeah, and I think that that's my biggest problem with Little Big League. It's too grounded in the reality, the harsh reality mm-hmm. of baseball. And, and I felt like that. I watched it first, then I watched Rookie of the Year. Rookie of the Year feels like an escapist fantasy compared to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is. But like Little Big League feels like way too grounded and way too realistic. And the kid seems almost like depressed for half the movie. Yeah. Like, it's just- and he's a terrible actor. I'm so- like, he, <laughs> he is not he's a good a actor. He's a dickhead. His character is completely unrelatable. Like, one thing that I think Rookie of the Year gets right, and I'm kind of tipping our hat. Maybe we should just start by saying, like, I, I liked Rookie of the Year more as a kid. Same. Um, yeah. And, uh, well, I didn't and, see it, but so I liked it more as a kid, and and actually, I haven't seen both of them in a long time. I did like Little Big League. I actually feel like I don't like Little Big League anymore, and I have even more respect for Rookie of the Year that it made me laugh out loud so many times as an adult. I, I saw them both for the first time twice uh, in preparation for this thing. Although it turns out I had like seen bits of them before, like. I, I knew I had seen the arm thing, but I like the when he's in the doctor's office and yeah. he breaks the doctor's nose. Funky butt loving. <laughs> like, Funky I, butt loving. I still say I've, I've said I've said it for years. No one gets the reference ever. <laughs> Not stopping. Which makes it better. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I knew I had seen that scene because that, that is like such a vivid and kind of visceral moment where he just like breaks the guy's nose. It's, but I knew I'd seen that. And then it turns out I was watching little big league. I realized I had seen the bridge scene and the inexplicable porno scene. Uh, <laughs> so it was like, I Night saw nurses that, like, from Buffalo. <laughs> Night nurses from Jersey. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I don't know where we're at right now. I don't I'm going to circle, but I'm going to circle back and just say that I think the rookie of the year works better. It's like a real fantasy, like to be, yeah. and and he's a relatable kid. He's not good at, like, he's terrible at baseball. He only starts succeeding because he has dumb luck happen to him, and the whole time, like, he's not that great at it. So he's relatable. He's relatable to like you. It, he's the kid that you are, and like, oh shit, I could go play for the Cubs if I get a horrible injury. <laughs> yeah, so, something I really love about Rookie of the Year, I think it does really well, is like he has raw skill and raw potential but that only takes him so far yeah exactly uh you know like he he can throw like insanely fast through science uh but (laughs) he doesn't actually have any of the skills to successfully play baseball it's like a faustian deal like he's like he's like i want to have the best arm in the league i want to throw so hard and the devil's like all right well you also will still be a shitty catcher and you won't be able to aim and you won't have good instincts and you won't be able to read calls and yeah and 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 in contrast though the kid from little big league is not relatable from the start he's the fucking grandson of the owner of a major league team and Holy he knows shit. And he knows everything about everything. Yeah, he, he's a real smartass. I uh, I agree that Rookie of the Year is uh, the better movie. And I think that, yeah, it works better as this sort of escapist fantasy. I think Little Big League is weirdly... Little Big League is weirdly uh, overly grounded and overly grindy. It, it's weirdly septic. Like it, Yes. It, it's so grounded in minutia and... 
that pays off for like the one joke that I think really works and the one joke that I laughed at both times. It's the day of the last game and he's having trouble with his math homework and they bring it to the players and everybody plays it so dour and so straight faced and that becomes hilarious. And like that's because the movie hasn't been that zany. There's basically the scene where they got splashed with water. Mm hmm. Uh, not the water balloon scene, but the, uh, there's two splashing water scenes in this movie. Not the water balloon scene, which is, like, almost, like, not a joke. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, like, half a joke, where the joke is, like, oh, these players are up to some crazy shit, and you expect to open a door, and there's just, like, hookers and coke on the table, <laughs> and the kid's, like, the kid's, like, I'm the general manager, I gotta crack down on you, what is all this shit? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like... <laughs> a 12 year old like he grows a mustache instantly and then um but instead it's like they're just dropping water balloons like a kid would like yeah both like, both movies sort of posit that baseball players are just big overgrown kids to make them more charming i think like, yeah well, because make, like otherwise they're just like these weird like men with aggression issues who <laughs> yes yes they're all they all have these weird hang-ups that like both protagonists have to solve by the end like one of them is just like uh, the big brute in little big league is like i'm the best i'm the best fucking dude in the world and then someone walks up to him and he walks up to him and he's like hey did you ever think that when you say that you're the best that other people might think that they're the best huh and then he's like oh oh and he like instantly deflates like I don't know. Like, he's a gorilla being tased. Like, I don't know what uh, what they thought was going on there. But there's a scene where, jumping back, there's a scene where they get splashed by the roller coaster. <laughs> the mom and uh, the baseball player that she's boinking. Uh, Big little splashed. love interest. Yes, yes. The not Gary Busey gets <laughs> splashed. Uh, in Little Big League, that is sort of a... Moment of levity, sort of like, and it, it, it's like sort of supposed to be funny and goofy. Rookie of the Year is more full of like those kind of moments. Mm -hmm. Whereas Little Big League is so grounded in, in like you said, like grounded in minutia. That kid loves playing baseball. Like the rookie he, of the year kid does. Yeah, a lot. He, he, he loves the game. Like he just loves like being there. Cause like, I think something that really helps the movie is he almost can't believe it. Yeah. And Little Big League, the kid fucking is at a box he has box seats at a minnesota twins game with his fucking grandpa who's jason robards screen legend <laughs> and he's so sweet and so funny and he like picks them up from the game drops them off like his mom loves jason robards like the whole the whole thing feels super sweet the kid the kid is so okay so the kid is so bored in little big league of his existence and like there's a moment and i think this is um this is sort of a, uh, a seed pod of a moment that unwraps the whole movie for me. It grows into the whole movie for me. And that's when he, in Little Big League, the little kid is eating in the box seats and some dude brings in hot dogs to talk to his dad. The kid just takes the hot dogs and takes his soda and doesn't fucking smile. <laughs> he doesn't say, gee, thanks. Like, this kid is not fucking slightly shaken by the idea that he has fucking box seats in a Minnesota Twins game. Like, I don't even like baseball. And I went to a Minnesota Twins game last July, and I was having a great time in regular seats. This kid's got fucking 
box seats with his grandpa and he's just like this like bored entitled little shit and he doesn't even enjoy a fucking hot dog hot dogs are delicious this is the fucking ball game he's getting free hot dogs yeah that Sorry, kid should that, be that having was, the i've turned on this kid because he doesn't like hot dogs I think there's a lot of reasons to turn on the kid and <laughs> in Little Big League, yeah. yeah Especially when he refers to himself in the third person at that one press conference. What's his name? Will he goes to he goes to Will or Bill or whatever? Uh, like Billy, Billy Will. whatever his last name is. Billy Haywood. Billy Haywood. Yeah. That's such a baseball name. Because bats are made out of wood. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so I have a I have a little rant thing about this movie, and that's that I think that baseball movies are best when they're not actually about baseball and baseball mm-hmm. is just like a fun part of the game to add a movie to add some excitement like almost yeah. like action scenes so um, so what you're saying is that him making strategic decisions <laughs> about who should play what base is not fucking exciting cinema in any way as opposed to just having like the wow he struck him out really good or let's do trick plays and have fun like yeah it's that's why Major League is a good movie because they they only show the goofy parts. Mm-hmm. This is like so I don't know if you guys remember this. At some point they released a football game that was like in the Madden series, like for Playstations and, and Xboxes and stuff, that had no actual football and it was just like the coach's role and you could like it was I forget what it was called. My brother in law like, plays that or played okay. that. Interesting, because my point was that those people are psychopaths should be on a government watch list. That seems like an SNL sketch. Yeah, because the game cost as much as this game where you can do that, but also play the fucking sport, which is the fun part. Little Big League's writer... He seems to think that, like, that's what people are most interested in. Yeah, it's it's like people who, like, well, my, my fantasies need to be reasonable. <laughs> like, wh- why can't you just be on the team? And also, like, in Madden, you are making all the fun decisions. You're picking plays. You're rotating yeah. out players. Especially if you're playing a season. You're picking plays. You're rotating out players. You're, you know, setting up matchups. I think in some of the Madden games, you can even pick, like, uniforms and shit. Yeah, there's a lot of coaching stuff. But, like, you can do salary caps and trade players. Like, there is a lot of that. Already in You there. know, drilled down stuff that you can do. They released a game that was that, but then none of the actual football game playing stuff. And people, at least, some people bought it. And all those people are in jail today. Except your brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he, well, he, he also liked playing Madden and just playing the season mode where you just simulate games. Like where you just like, you do all the Madden stuff. Uh, yeah, you just like let the games roll. It's a very, very interesting. Thing. I was gonna say you also like hanging out in clock towers. No, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My point is that these movies uh, are very different because Rookie of the Year is this fantasy. Little Big League is this this gritty sort of like <laughs> like uh, it is gritty. gritty. It's bullshit. not. It's not funny. Rookie of the Year is no. really funny. We can get into some funny moments. Little Big League. It's it's supposed to be a comedy. And it is mm-hmm. not. It is boring, and no comedy has a scene where the kid gets the Minnesota Twins, and his reaction to that from his friends are like, you fucking own the Twins! Greatest day ever! And he's like, I wish I just had my grandpa back. <laughs> <laughs> That's the quote. He's delivered with such... And even when he has his grandpa around, he doesn't even seem to like him that much. He won't even... No, like, uh, well, that's because he's no, a grandpa is a total means to an end. These movies are about the, kind of the same themes. They're very similar themes. Mm-hmm. But 
Little Big Thing is about way too many things. And like I said, the best the best movies that are about base are the best movies about baseball are not actually about baseball. They're about other things. Sandlot and Field of Dreams or Bull Durham. Yeah, they're not. They're kind of like they 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 capture the love of baseball, but they're not really up. About baseball they're more about like family and friends and like building your dreams and shit like that a field of dreams even um yeah baseball is a metaphor because baseball baseball is an amazing metaphor because of there's a lot of intricacies to the game in the way that that doesn't exist for football and basketball where it's like get a ball here there is intricacies and as a result it works really well as a metaphor yes and baseball or sorry little big league is about fucking baseball as a sport and just like the main character the main character basically reflects the whole movie that it's like this kid has such a knowledge of the sport that he can't help but let it like overflow into other things and like kind of destroy all the joy he's having and like little big league is specifically about baseball first and foremost but it's also about it's about growing up, but not growing up too fast. It's about adult responsibility and how you got to be ready for it. It's about bringing back fun to baseball, which yeah. the movie is not fun. And yet it's like <laughs> about bringing fun back to baseball. Uh, it's about being a good friend, even when you're busy. It's about balancing work and life. It's about being a good <laughs> son during your mom's dating period. <laughs> it's about a power fantasy for a kid getting to be an adult. It's about manipulating people with smarts and trivia instead of intimidation. It's about legacy. It's about a legacy and making your grandpa proud. And it's about the relationship between the kid and too many fucking people. And Little Big League is also about uh, jerking off and how you shouldn't jerk off too much. Wait, I actually think you forgot one. It's also about accepting loss. Yes, and also accepting the loss of your grandfather and also making And and how like how like any material possessions that you get as a result is not worth it. Uh, it's about like way too many fucking things and and it try and like rookie of the year, that list, half that list rookie of the year touches those topics. Rookie of the year is just about how adults ruin stuff and a childlike innocence kind of precludes responsibility. When when Little Big League was over, I was like, this kid is going to jump off a bridge or just become <laughs> a or, or just become like a fucking like hedge fund manager. Like one of the two. Like there's no I don't see a third option here. You know, he becomes he becomes Philip Seymour Hoffman in Moneyball. <laughs> and, and, and that's the other thing the, the the magic is gone and the movie keeps talking about bringing uh, little big league keeps talking about bringing fun back to baseball and how and it, it, it firmly believes in this idea both movies actually firmly believe in this idea that there's like a kid wisdom that you can have that like needs to be uh, implemented in everyday life and you can there's a sort of like a simple wisdom that children have that like you know sometimes you know sometimes you're teaching a kid sometimes the kids are teaching you the kid wisdom in little big league is so eye-rollingly stupid mm -hmm. and i'm somebody who like loves sentimental sappy bullshit like i love it every line that came out of this kid's mouth i'm like it's not even like a fun aphorism like i like it's not even like a forrest gumpism where you're like you know what forrest gump has a point like there's no gumpery in this at all where you're like you know what it's a simple thing to say but 
it needed to get said. I don't think the little kid wisdom happens at all in, in Rookie of the Year. It doesn't, but the, the movie is not saying that he's bringing like... Well, no. It's sort, of, it's sort of saying he's bringing fun back to baseball. Even at the end when he is like doing all of his weird stunts, and I'll, I'll accept the movie's universe version that like... He can't be pulled out for the end of the inning, so they need to figure out a way. He explains the situation so people go along with it. But everyone else in the dugout is like, what the fuck is this kid doing? <laughs> this, this kid is ruining our lives right now. <laughs> like, I, I don't... <laughs> I don't feel like it's I don't feel like it's the same like the worst the, the the one thing you say it's like it's implied like holy shit look at this kid having fun enjoying baseball and in little bigly it is spelled out to a ridiculous degree where like kids are better at enjoying baseball than you and you have infected this kid and made him a bad kid and <laughs> now you need to teach him to be a kid again like it's so uh, it's I feel like the only thing the kid really influences in Rookie of the Year, and I think it actually – it does it in a very organic way, is he gets Busey to that point where he's willing to bring the heat for that last game. Yeah. Like – and it's only because he's sort of like – he's telling him, you got to bring that back. You got to bring that back. And Busey's all about playing it safe. And by, by the time you get to that last game, he's – been fired like he he knows his career's over so he decides like he's gonna take the kid up on that and just throw as hard as he can you're 100 right that it's done not by spelling it out and just like he sees the reflection of a kid that is idolizing one of his heroes in his eyes because mm -hmm. he doesn't say anything particularly like kid wisdomy he's just like throw him the cheddar and it's like his infectious – it's it's his infectious enthusiasm that like wins him over more. Like, you're the rocket. It's not like, hey, here is my themes laid out for why I am enjoying baseball better than you guys. It's done very well. It's show versus tell. I also think Rookie of the Year has a lot more fun supporting players. Oh, so many good supporting like, players. The mom is legitimately one of my favorite characters in that movie. Also, uh, John fucking Candy oh, yeah. is <laughs> hilarious. I was amazed. I don't laugh out loud that often at movies when I'm watching by myself. I laughed so many fucking times at this movie. It actually surprised me. It was all like all the John Candy's like facial expressions and um, – where he's trying to remain upbeat and positive because he's the Cubs radio announcer. But, like, he also understands that the Cubs have been terrible and this is all fucking bad for them. That was all great. Yeah, and he gets that little journey where, like, he, he, he starts out there and then by the end he's genuinely excited and optimistic for their chances. Yeah. And then and then um, anytime the coach mispronounced uh, Henry <laughs> Rowan Gardner's name, it – made me laugh out loud to the point that I'm a little embarrassed because <laughs> it's such an easy joke, but the, I forget who the coach is played by. He's so good at enthusiastically shouting out the wrong name and being extremely confident in what that name is. It got me every time. And he says it like with the utmost drama. It's like he's, he's going yeah. to him with something serious and it's always predicated on this yeah. mangling of his name. Yeah. Rowan Ruder. Like it was great, and I, it, it was really it's good. It's during the the climax where like it's not even close, right? Yeah, he does because he does it twice. First, he says it wrong when he's trying to inspire him, and 
And he looks at Gary Busey was like, I don't even know what that one was, which is like the point that most movies would actually give you the right pronunciation. And it does eventually after it's all over. But it's like great job out there. So it's like it's not the motivation, but it's the congratulations. Mm hmm. But the fact that they do it the worst as the motivation to the point that everyone comments on it again after it hasn't been mentioned for an hour is fucking really good. So good. Peter, did you laugh out loud at this movie at all or am I just remembering me laughing as a child? Um, I actually we didn't we didn't go into our history with these movies. Uh, I haven't seen either of these movies since uh, at all. Uh, so I uh, all my laughs this time were you know just for me uh and <laughs> a little Peter uh, time and like i had one laugh in little big league that is uh a mean laugh but other than that kind <laughs> of kind of none uh there's a scene in little big league where he says uh you guys are retarded which made me laugh because <laughs> it took me so off guard like i like i like blew off the couch like that ad from the the subwoofer ad like i was like whoa 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 i haven't heard i haven't heard retarded like as an insult so blase yeah and and i haven't heard it in so long like that was that is a word that is for good reason dead like i i don't hear it anymore i bet it's so prevalent if you went back to these kids movies from the 80s and 90s though Oh, absolutely. For, for sure. And the last place I would have expected it was this like dead eyed little bastard in Little Big League. <laughs> and then uh, jumping over to what you actually were asking about Rookie of the Year, I was kind of laughing at, uh, sorry, what's the, the tall dude from Scrubs name? The janitor? Neil, Neil, Neil Flynn. Flynn. Neil Flynn. He was making me laugh almost any time he said, had a line because he has this very easy sort of like cadence mm -hmm. where he's just like, I don't know if he's ever trying but he always just looks like he's not trying, and that always makes me laugh. Rookie of the Year got a lot of, like, smiles. Like, not outright laughs, but, like, I appreciated all of its jokes. Um, you know what didn't get make me laugh, though, in, in Rookie of the Year, which I think we should talk about, is the director, Daniel, <laughs> a man named Daniel Stern, uh, who directed God. this movie and who plays, <laughs> I, I think, so I gave this movie four stars. I think it might be five stars if Daniel Stern wasn't in it because what is he doing? I don't know. <laughs> why would he? Why would he think what this movie needs is an unhinged lunatic that really takes a shine to this kid? <laughs> like, well, when was Home Alone? <laughs> well, see, I think that's the thing. So, Home Alone one was uh, ninety one, and Home Alone two is ninety two. So it's the year before. Also, he gets like he gets locked in a cage, and the movie keeps returning to him. Like the audience is like, "Hey, where's Daniel Stern?" That is. Total director bullshit. He's like, well, people are going to want to see me. Uh, <laughs> comic, like, you can have one comic cameo as a director, and then after that, everyone's going to be like, eh, can you not? Just don't. He has more dignity in his role when he was, like, a homeless person that's, like, <laughs> yeah. a little cracked out and chud. Like, that that's a more dignified and human role than he is as just a baseball player in this. It's kind of like someone said to him, hey, you know your character Marv? from home alone what if he did cocaine <laughs> what if all of the brain damage that marv suffered surfaced? yeah that, exactly so there's there's one other thing i want to point out about daniel stern which was my favorite wikipedia entry that we've ever done on this show so this is this is an entry called variations with the novelization it's one paragraph i'm gonna read it 
because keep in mind, Daniel Stern, maybe studio mandated, maybe he's like, I got a lot of comedy to give, but he is a nutball in this movie that is not funny. <laughs> he directed it, he produced it. I don't know. So this is this is the variations with the novelization. <laughs> A young adult novelization of the film was written by Todd Strasser in 1993. At one point, Henry hits a grand slam due to his incredible arm strength. However, this stands in contrast to what occurs in the film, as Henry is not shown to be a competent hitter. Also, Daniel Stern's comic relief character (laughs) Phil Brickman is not mentioned in the book at all. (laughs) (laughs) What shade? What shade? Such shade. It's shade by whoever wrote the novelization. Like, fuck. Fuck, I'm taking the director of this movie's character out. But also, even the Wikipedia entry mentions this other, like, kind of minor thing. And then says, also, this character is left completely out of the book. Uh, the the beauties of uh, unregulated Wikipedia pages. I know. It's so good. It, it is the worst. Like, it's not even mentioned first that a major character from the movie starring the director is not mentioned in the novelization. It's like a it's it's after like, oh, instead of being a bad batter, he was a good batter. Uh, and also, uh, the third build lead is not in the book. <laughs> why? I don't know why that. I don't know why that's so funny to me. But it really it's feels so like someone fucking hated Daniel Stern. And I wouldn't be surprised if Todd Strassa, writer of the novelization of the Rookie of the Year, wrote that Wikipedia entry. Uh, yeah, I, I, I. There's something beautiful about the the, the um, uh, narcissism that like I'm imagining through this <laughs> Wikipedia post that like somebody was like. I had this perfect vision of what my, of what my novelization of Rookie of the Year could have been. And Daniel Stern ruined this fucking chaw-chewing character. And he's like, hey, remember when I was stuck between doors with no air for three days? <laughs> yeah, Daniel Stern uh, should have been cut from this movie. Would have brought it down to like a lean hour and one minute less of the movie. But it was still <laughs> way too much, way too much of the movie. And uh, it, it, I, I get it. I don't actually get it. I don't. I don't know why any director would put themselves in their own movie for more well, than the, like. 10 there's seconds. nuance, Peter. At first, you think he's just loud, but then you realize he's loud and manic. I will. I will say, as a kid, I I found it very funny. Oh yeah, so he's like, he's a total children's comic relief. Like he's big and broad in a way the movie like is. Not quite. <laughs> you know the you know the saying how rookie of the year is like uh, the first version of Jar Jar Binks. You know how people talk about yeah, yeah totally. Like that. So that's what it is. It was in my intro to film class in uh, in college. <laughs> yeah. it, it was Citizen Kane and Rookie of the Year. Uh, where where we gotta go still on this because like we've so, kind of <laughs> we've kind of. Uh, plumbed all the depths of like what the movie is is what both movies are are um (laughs) but like there's a lot of small moments that we're just gonna end up having to take apart because this is just not not gonna work taking it on linearly like it's just neither rookie of the year i want to talk about two things with rookie of the year i want to talk about the way they treat or three things I want to talk about the way they treat the the mom's relationship. I want to talk about the way that the friends work in comparison, and I want to talk about that where how they treat the the romantic interest. I mean, because that milk does a body good line. Just like I felt dirty hearing that. 
Like, I needed to scrub my skin off. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of weird sex stuff in this. This is the one thing that I had to just be like, you know, it's hard to tackle young love in a movie. Like, it is just, it's just hard to not make it creepy to me. Because, like, you get older and, like, especially now. Especially now because we have this sort of, um, in the past 20 years, and it's either, you can go either way. Either we become overly aware of the, um sexualizing of children like we become like way too conscious of it like we're like to a crazy point or we've just become conscious of this sexualizing of children and we need to stop it and continue doing it i don't know where to cut that difference um because like a part of me part of me is like that's so cool that like we like like to talk about young love because like it is the most crazy thing when you're like 13 and you fall in love because like it is fucking an inch deep and a mile wide. Like there's no, there's no depth to it, but like it consumes your whole life. And it's like an interesting yeah. topic for a movie. Like the, the, I still think about the, uh, the Wendy romance from uh, Wonder Years, like all the fucking yeah. time. Like that's something that's a, as a kid, I like that's helped form how I, I saw relationships and as an adult. That's how I think about teenage relationships. So I had, I had a good friend in like sixth grade. So about the age of the kids in both these movies who started quote unquote dating this girl in class that he really liked. And then he broke up with her when he found out that she wanted to kiss him. So that feels like the. That that feels about right, where you like kind of get that you are attracted, but but like you're still coming out of that cooties and gross and all that kind of like weird stuff that was put in your place. So it is it is a weird age. I think Rookie of the Year handles it really well, and I feel like Little Big League is gross. It does feel like in Rookie of the Year, it's innocent. It's like we have that weird 12, 13-year-old attraction to each other. But it's like she's not interested in him for the fact that he's a famous baseball player. Like they go out on the boat as kids. Yeah, no, they kind of have a thing before that. Yeah, and they have the, like this awkward – like they're like, hey, we just went out and had a day as a kid. There's nothing like weirdly – inappropriate or 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 adult in it it's just no one really cared that he was playing baseball besides just some immediate shock Mm -hmm. you know she wasn't she they just went had a fun day where they laughed and got to know each other and that was it yeah like that's when when they get into it like it's it's really a very sweet little like thing yeah little big league on the other hand (laughs) Uh, has a girl that disappears 20 minutes into the movie <laughs> who is not interested in Billy at all until he becomes rich and inherits the twins and then is basically like, oh, Billy, we should hang out sometime. And it is fucking offensive and disgusting that they did that with a fucking 11-year-old. <laughs> yeah, it is yeah. very fucking weird. I think that's one of the reasons Rookie of the Year works better. It, the adults talk about money, but the kids don't. Like, you never find out how much Henry's getting paid to play baseball. And there's that great line where he's fined $600 for showing up late practice. Yeah. He's like, that's like 20 years allowance. Yeah. And and it's so and it's so funny because, like, in Rookie of the Year, if Henry were getting rich off of this, I'd be like, uh, <laughs> I'd be like, that's awesome. Like, go for you, dude. But in Little Big League, if I find out he's getting rich off of this, then I'm like... Typical fucking rich kid, just, just 
peeding at the trough of his fucking legend status. Like, what the fuck is going on with this fucking little big league kid? Well, also, even the, so, even that whole yeah, little big league shit is like, you, your his grandpa already owned the Twins, and everyone knew that. You knew all the players, and now that he personally has like the Twins manager's checking account, you're like, ooh, Billy, <laughs> like it's fucking oh, whoever wrote fucking little big league should have just adapted a fucking excel spreadsheet because the movie would be more interesting and less offensive (laughs) it does feel like robotic like it feels like it was put together by a computer but then the computer like didn't understand art or like it's just a very it's a very inefficient movie and also like uh so do you guys want to like kind of jump into more of the sexualizing stuff I'm good leaving that behind. Because there, I got, I got some fucking points. The little big league made me feel specifically sexually uncomfortable in multiple points, uh, which is a thing that children's movies should never do. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, we we do need to get into the pornography. There's the oh, pornography, God. and there's also there's the they get their first big win, and they're playing this song that's supposed to be sort of like a bluesy uh you know like song you would imagine during a baseball game is sort of like bluesy old like uh rock standard thing but it's all this this song about his wife cheating on him <laughs> it's this like weird cuck jam that like i just don't i just don't understand but man did you guys did you guys see some of the names at the end of little big league who like contributed music like Booker T and the MGs was one yeah. of the like I saw that I was like what and I didn't even hate the song I was just like what why? why yeah it doesn't yeah, like, it doesn't match like that is a good song for the movie Tin Cup yeah not a, we won our game like they need a jock jam yeah a, yeah they need a are you all ready for this that's why yeah exactly that's why they have songs that are like we're the best we're awesome we fucking rule like that's why those songs exist like why did the did the, did the guy just like not speak english that was composing this movie or, or is scoring this movie he's just like yeah this song sounds like it uh it's uppity enough for the scene like and then it's just this song where i'm just watching this really boring like baseball montage and just listening <laughs> yeah. to this cuck jam it's so fucking boring yeah and don't tell me that those songs didn't exist because fucking d2 yeah, that's right. D2. D2. The Mightiest Ducks. Ducks. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, had uh, Whoop, There It Is, and it came out the year before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which people had probably, by the time they heard it in D2, it had probably been the 9,000th time they'd heard it. <laughs> or, like, as someone who did not have the cassette, the second time. <laughs> Pretty psyched, guys. Uh, but yeah, yeah. No, it's... So let's let's talk about the pornography scene because this is actually the scene that stayed with me the most. Uh, and I don't know what that says about me as a 12-year-old or whatever, 11-year-old. But it was – I think it was because it wasn't like, oh, he rented a movie called Naughty Nurses from Jersey. It was because it goes on so long and they show scenes of like – I assume a real porno or like made up. So like girls are in their bras and they're like, let me check your stuff. And then like the hand is moving up to the dick and then it cuts away. <laughs> what what it's cutting away from is uh, an 11 year old watching <laughs> someone's dick get pulled out of his pants and then fucked. 
Like it's yeah. really it's really like yeah, that eleven year old is go. probably watching uh, a three way scene. I think there's multiple nurses. Would you guys say two nurses are in that scene? Yeah, there's no, two. The, nurses. Well, there's, they show two scenes from the movie. They show the one with the two nurses, and then they show another. Like it goes on for like two minutes of showing yeah. scenes from this porno. The thing that amuses me about that is. You see the beginning of that one scene, and then he says, hold on, they've got another patient, which means that this porno has, like, the shortest sex scenes in history. Yeah! <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's 30 seconds of, like, why don't we do a house call on top of you? <laughs> and then, the like, various, like, what are you doing? And then, like, hold on, there's another patient now. And it's, like, there was no time for anything to happen. <laughs> And yeah. what's funny is that as a kid, it didn't register with me because that – I'll say this about that very weird scene. It is written with the idea of what a kid would think a porno is. Like mm-hmm. not graphic sex because they probably haven't seen it at 11. It's just this idea of like they're sexy girls and they say kind of weird like, ooh, let me check this. And that's like – that's what porn is. Like I didn't get what was coming next in those scenes when I saw this movie in theaters. My dad – who took me to it, probably was wildly uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, for sure. And the fact that he watches it 11 times. Okay, so here's the other thing. That is a plot that doesn't... This isn't some subplot <laughs> that winds through the film and, and you know, <laughs> makes its uh, nuance known with every moment. It is a, it is a scene of him uh, jerking off in a hotel room, presumably. <laughs> Um, and then and talking mom to another him. teammate while it happens. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And then and then nothing. He doesn't discuss anything important on the phone. That's another good point, Aaron. Thank you. He the only thing he discusses on the phone is that he's going to be jerking off. Uh, yeah, he's he calling says, a forty-year-old man, telling him that he's. Gonna- <laughs> He's like, oh, wait, hey, man, this porno, hold on a second, more pornography is co- more pornography is coming, hold on. I would just open the phone book and, until I reached uh, someone's name that sounded like a 40-year-old man, like a Henry or a Frank or somebody, and then I called them up. But he's, talk- like, he's talking to the coach, I'm 12, right? I'm going to be jerking off now. Oh, hold on. Here comes um, the good stuff. So, and then, and then, okay, so the jerking off scene is complete in the hotel room. <laughs> Then he's falling asleep the next day because you jerked off too hard. <laughs> okay, moving on. Then there's a scene where he gets caught for jerking off too hard and his mom says, Oh, little big league, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you what, that that is like how you'd want your mom to catch you watching pornography because she's like, Billy. Yeah, he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and he and he's just like I will and then he says he says oh this guy's such a piece of shit he says oh I'll trade this guy that was watching pornography on the team <laughs> like <laughs> he's threatening to fire somebody basically uh, to cover up his tracks abuse of power uh, and then he says oh I won't watch porn anymore and then he doesn't watch porn anymore this movie isn't about a kid who gets a porn addiction you could have cut all that shit out and the movie would have been fine Nothing lost. Actually, no. a lot gained. Like 13 Yeah, a lot gained. <laughs> a lot of super uncomfortable parents that are now like, okay, that was a boring movie, but I can look my kid in the eye after watching it. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? what? Why did we 
need to know so much about him jerking off in a hotel room. Like, look, I, and I got, I got to tell you something. I was third, I was thirteen year old boy. That kid did not stop ordering those pornography movies. <laughs> <laughs> that kid was like, that kid catered, uh, you know, specific tapes that he liked, and and that kid is making no. good money. That means he's probably ordering like a Betamax and like getting like like the high quality stuff for the era. No, not Betamax. This is nineteen ninety. Three? Four. Three years a little. 1984? He's got laser discs, right? <laughs> He's got VHSs. That's what. Peter, I, I feel like you do have no sense of what history was before you, you were around. <laughs> okay, but, but Aaron, listen to me. VHSs have lower quality than Betamax, have lower quality than, than video discs or laser no, discs. No, Peter, you listen to me. I think that instead of chastising Little Big League. We should be praising Rookie of the Year for having someone whose arm moves really fast and not doing those jokes. Oh, and also, like, strong female characters. Like, not Kate Beaton strong female characters, but female characters with dimension and agency. Yeah, let's let's talk. So that's that's one of the other things I want to talk about from the comparison, because there's two moms, Mm -hmm. and... The well, there's one the, mom and one cardboard cutout that gets moved around on a stick. Yeah, yeah, because you have the you have the the his fa- her father in law being like, "Go fuck someone." The other one is like, like a workaday mom doing what's best, trying to raise a son. Is in a relationship. Mm-hmm. It's new. It's fine. Doesn't know he's a piece of shit. But like the second she finds out, is like get the fuck out of this house and punches him in his goddamn very punch my favorite and then she says i should kill him (laughs) (laughs) like she is just a maniac waiting for an opportunity to break out and just like kill she's on that edge so often and she's like she's so protected like she's no she's she's really great and she and she's like an involved character in the movie like she mm-hmm. she's important to the plot she um you know she actually feels real yeah she she's a very rich very very relatable character and she has a great relationship with her kid uh and and then like sort of when you have that final game which is a lot of shenanigans there's that really sweet moment where he realizes that his dad wasn't a picture she was the pitcher and yep. they kind of connect across the the baseball field yeah i love that it's like i love that too one superpower and gains telepathy (laughs) very strange how in every one of these movies they have to kill one of the parents and in little big league it does not work in rookie of the year it is very sweet i think i think here's another component that's really weird that i didn't realize till watching a few of these movies recently in succession which is that one of the one of the victories that the kid wins is a new dad. <laughs> like, that kind of happens in a lot of these, where it's almost like, well, they can win the big game, they can lose the big game, but his long-term victory is a new parent, which is, you know, great for movies. <laughs> Feels like probably a little reductive to the real-life version of that. Uh, Yeah. I'd say. Um, and it's, it's it's very tough because it's like, how do you come back around to the fact that you've murdered one of the parents? What do you do? Well, Little Big League just murders everyone. Your dad's dead. Now your grandpa's dead. Oh, enjoy your baseball team. Uh, you, your baseball team. Hope, it's in the hope you like Sabermetrics. 
<laughs> like in rookie of the year like oh also in little big league they give him multiple father figures they they give him the coach they give him obviously the baseball player that he dates uh they give him other players are kind of like father figures like it's like he has a whole team of dads where in rookie of the year it's like he has gary Busey is just like he's like oh i want my mom to get laid so gary Busey, you want to take care of this like it's not like it doesn't feel like dad replacement it feels like at the end it's just like mom appreciation which i like better well because it's not it's not the full proposal it's not like i'm gonna be your new dad which is to- which is it literally in little big league yeah that's what i'm saying he literally says do you i need to ask you for permission to marry your mom oh yeah and, and the and the opening scene is like you need a new dad for billy <laughs> and also which is like so disempowering to single mothers. Like I realize, like yes, it's easier with two people around, but like also in Little Big League, it makes even less sense because this woman should be fucking loaded. Like <laughs> yeah, like the reason you should have two parents is mostly economic. <laughs> like it's it's like eighty percent economic, uh, and then like the rest is like I guess like it's good to be exposed to having two parents in the house or like I I don't even fucking know. Like it's mostly just having. Like the, the like the money to be able to like go do things, and and the great thing about the ending of Rookie of the Year is, in regards to that, they're not even in the same frame at the end. Yeah, like it's not explicitly clear that they're together. He, like Gary Buse is at the game, so he's probably maybe seeing her, but it's not like he has his arm around her or anything. Like they're just they're both there for. Uh, Henry. Well, and fucking, like, Rookie of the Year gives the kid a goddamn victory besides a new dad. Like, yeah. he he he, win- he wins the game, and uh, the little, like, wink is that he has a World Series ring at the end. So, they went on to, to win the, the World Series. Little Big League, they lose the game, which, why do you need to, you don't need to do that kind of twist in a kid's movie. That's what you need to do in an adult movie. You expect them to yeah. win and then they have a different victory. You don't fucking need to do that in Little Big League, you asshole who wrote this movie. <laughs> I mean, unle- unless you're, uh, unless you're uh, Bad News Bears. Yeah, but if there's another, like his, his only victory, his only victory, because he doesn't care about owning the team, because he doesn't have a concept of money, and he would rather have his grandpa, his only victory is having a new dad. <laughs> That's it. And he gives up nothing. Like, gives rookie up nothing. of the year, the kid loses his magic arm. Uh, uh, little big league. The kid even sort of ends it saying, like, hey, I still own the team. I'll see you guys around because I'm your boss. <laughs> I'm going to decide your health care plans. Oh, and then it has that that bullshit ending where, like, the entire stadium is chanting for Billy. Yeah. For what? It's like, you don't know what the fuck this kid did. Like, as far as you are concerned, if it weren't for the publicity, he would be utterly invisible. You know, that's the other thing that fucking pissed me off about Little Big League. It's that the Twins won a World Series three years before this movie came out, one to two years before uh, the movie was probably written and produced. Now, I looked it up. They, the Twins were not great in 93 and 94. This movie came out in 94, so... At, at best, they're producing it when the Twins, after two winning seasons and winning a World Series, have a bad record. 
it doesn't make any sense that it's like a huge thing for the town or to turn around this fucking goddamn team. You know where it makes sense? Major League and Rookie of the Year with two like perennial losers like getting their shot at victory through these, you know, circumstances. The Twins make no fucking sense as like a as an underdog that you're rooting for. Yeah, the Cubs do because the Cubs Yeah. We're literally the Cubs had their moment in the light last year, and then they've had a couple decent seasons uh, before then. But like, yeah, at this year they look pretty fucking terrible too. Well, and the Indians too in Major League, like they were, they didn't win for a long time. Like that's what they're known for. You can't do yes. that with the Twins, not in 1994. And the whole thing with the grandpa is like, you're not a fair weather fan, are you? It's like the the stakes are so incredibly low, but hyper-focused because of a weird, like, adult perspective on things. Yeah. Have we talked about, um, have we talked about, Aaron, the fact that, like, one of these movies is about the twins and one is about the Cubs and you are a Minnesotan and I am a a born Chicagoan? Well, and I'm a a Cubs fan. And you're a Cubs fan, yes. Exactly. Yeah, and I I think it's, uh, I think it's just kind of interesting that ended up, this was one of the pairings we we settled on, because there's a lot of movies we could have done for the Clone Wars, uh, the Double Trouble. Double Trouble. The Double Troubles. It Takes Two to Make a Podcast Go Right. Yeah, It Takes Two to Take a Podcast Out of Sight. Listen, Uh, I want to rock right now. I'm Aaron Armstrong, and I want to get down with this podcast. (laughs) And because it's a free podcast, we did not do Armageddon and Deep Impact this month. Yeah, fuck that. Everyone have, knows that one. You have to pay me to watch either of those movies again. <laughs> um, I remember Deep Impact being okay. I liked Deep Impact as a kid. I will never watch Armageddon again. So, so uh, yeah, I know this is getting a little long. I do want to mention one other comparison very quickly, and then we can do uh, little moments that we want to talk about that we like. Or final thoughts. And that's the the two friends because they both have these two friends. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, once again, Rookie of the Year, that blonde kid Mm -hmm. is legitimately very funny to me. And I wish he looks like a bully. He does look like a bully, but he's so – like his line delivery is amazing. Even like the – not just the funky butt loving, which is he's the one that says this. He does this thing where we don't have a boat. We have a bunch of pieces of wood in the shape of a boat, which he is not that funny of a line and he kills it. And he like stopped acting in like 1997. He was in like Camp Nowhere. He was in Heavyweights and a couple other things in like minor roles. But I think he's really, really funny. And the kids in Little Big League might as well have been cardboard cutouts or zombies or something because they make no impression whatsoever. I definitively agree. They're there. Yeah, they exist. Yeah, you know, it gets back to the thing where Rookie of the Year just has a much better supporting cast because they actually give a shit about their characters. Yeah, yeah, and there's a sort of sweetness to each character. Like, they seem to have liked the character. And also, I feel like the when it comes to the two best friends, the best friends in Little Big League don't really have, like, okay, I feel like the difference between the turning point where the the best friends get pissed off at the main characters, the kids in Little Big League are being a lot more petty. Because yeah. it's like, oh, you're not spending like every waking second now with us anymore. And the kids in Rookie of the Year, it's like he's just, he's habitually late. Like he, 
he's not like showing up and the that kid genuinely like the one kid kind of understands and the other kid feels like betrayed by that yeah and i kind of like that even within that unit there's kind of like hey he's got to do this thing it's like fuck you he should be here with us building this goddamn boat Exactly, like, and and that's why I said at the beginning, the the rookie of the year kid feels like a real kid. His friends feel like real kids. They're upset with him because, well, they think it's cool that he plays for the Cubs. They've got shit that they've been planning too as friends. Mm-hmm. Little big league kids get pissed at him because they start giving him advice on what to do for the team. He's like, guys, it's not that easy, and they're like, well, well, fuck you then. <laughs> and and plus they bring in that weird ringer kid to hang out with them when Billy's not there, which is yeah. such a weird little like and they do nothing but torture that kid, which is awesome. What's weird is that actually uh, canonically the little big league sequel is a movie called Saw and uh, <laughs> and that little kid like grows up to be like, Billy, would you like to play a game? <laughs> You abandon your friends. No. You'll be abandoned in this room. I feel like Billy's just going to be this, like, abandoned and drunk and alone. And, like, uh, him being caught up in a in a Saw sequel is, like, a perfect end to this little piece of shit. He is a piece of fucking shit. Billy's, uh, like, middle years are a Tom White song. Because, <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't. You can't peak that early. Like, that's not allowed. No, and I, I feel bad for the kid who... Uh, Thomas Ian Nicholas, who plays Henry Rowan Gardner. Like, Luke Price is still acting. Fuck him. He's probably still terrible. Um, I didn't even look up his credits because if I was going to look up his credits, it would only be to avoid anything he's ever worked on. Thomas... <laughs> Ian Thomas, on the other hand, was, I think... Played was an amazing child actor, played an amazingly believable kid in this and a couple other movies. What he was not convincing as was an adult and a sexual being in the American Pie movies. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. I think that he uh, had a distinct... He had a distinct problem with uh, when he got older, and he just had this sort of like boy face that he couldn't quite figure out how to work. Like there's there's a there's a lot of actors like that, but like there's also like people like um, David Crumholtz. David Crumholtz is somebody who like has a boy face, and like when he was in his teenage years, and like Santa Claus two and three in particular, he started to look very awkward, and I was like, oh no. Crumholtz, I'm sorry. And then uh, as time went on, uh, I was like, oh, he's starting to get handsome again. And then he's like, oh, he's starting to look like a normal human being. Like some people figure out how to work their baby face. And then Uh, you're like, oh, never mind. That's Nick from New Girl. Yeah. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. They all turn into Nick from New Girl at some point. (laughs) I give you cookie. You give me cookie. Um, Do you guys want to... uh, Maybe take this home, like, to home plate. I hope we get there safe. (laughs) Baseball thing. Thank you, Anthony. (laughs) Oh, man, what a strikeout of a joke. (laughs) Um, Anthony, what are your your final... Do you have any final thoughts on the movie? Uh, I guess, like, the best way I, I thought of to describe them is they're both cartoons in different ways. Rookie of the Year is a straight ahead Chuck Jones off the wall, like, doesn't have to connect because it's just, like, a bunch of jokes strung together kind of cartoon. 
and Little Big League is like Dilbert, (laughs) which I think is the most damning thing I can say about anything. (laughs) <laughs> Especially in 2017, after the dude came out as that dude came out as being a douchebag. Yeah, I think it's either Dilbert in 2017, or it's like a cartoon drawing of like how your body works. And that great, that's information. <laughs> Love information. I don't care. I'd rather see the real Dad. Thing. How does a baseball team work? Well, you yeah, see, when a manager and a coach should be up together, <laughs> love the sport very much. When a manager and a coach talk about pornography over the phone, <laughs> do is that not normal? Do managers and coaches not normally talk? When about- Luke from Gilmore Girls has a minor role in a movie, and you get really yeah. excited about that, but he's like only there for five minutes total. <laughs> I don't talk to my of-age friends while they're masturbating, let alone my... uh, (laughs) Never mind. You get it. Uh, But yeah, like, really enjoyed Rookie of the Year. A lot of fun. Little Big League, for some reason, is two hours and did not need to be two hours. Yeah. Uh, Or a movie. Or a movie at all. I think think Rookie of the Year is a, a, a quick edit away from being, like, a really classic children's movie. I think that, um... Little Big League has no fucking chance. Just a quick Daniel Stern away. <laughs> it's a quick, yeah, editing out a channel, Daniel Stern plot. Little Big League, like, you could start with cutting out the jerking off, but that's just going to make your movie shorter, not better. <laughs> Honestly, you could take out Daniel Stern. He doesn't share screens with any of the, he doesn't share the screen with any other character and is only referenced once by the coach. No, the, 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 that's the amazing, like, he is so expendable. Like, He's, uh, he's reshoot Johnson is what his name should be. <laughs> Can I say something that I really enjoyed in Rookie of the Year? Yeah, Eddie Bracken, who's the the owner of uh, of the oh Cubs. yeah, he like, was in like Miracle Morgan's Creek. And yeah, he, he, he was Home a Alone huge well. Preston Sturges like, staple. Yeah. Yep, and like he is just so joyful at like. <laughs> There's that great joke where they go, oh, man, the owner must be pissed. And they cut to him in the stands. And he's found a decoder ring in a Cracker Jack box. And he is so excited. And it's really sweet, too, because they that's that joke has a great payoff because the person who's trying to push <laughs> push Henry into uh, is going to trade him at the end of the movie is Dan Hedaya. Mm-hmm. And it's this idea that he's going to inherit the team um, and because this this old cosher who only cares about Cracker Jack doesn't even know what's going on. And it's not that. Instead, it's just that he understands that baseball is supposed to be fun. He enjoys the game and doesn't take it as seriously as all these other potential owners or adults around them. And the payoff is that the second he finds out that Dan Hedaya is going to trade Henry to the Yankees, he's like, you are basically fucking fired. And that's a really good payoff, that he's not like a doddering old man who doesn't know what's going on. It's that he and Henry were simpatico in how they thought about baseball. Yeah, he he's totally hands-off because he thinks yep. it should be the players. He, he thinks it yep. should, like, he doesn't need to be there. So I, I can get into my quick th- final thoughts. Um, pretty clear, probably from this podcast. Uh, Little Big League is a is worse than I remember, and Rookie of the Year does that very difficult thing where I don't feel like I was riding a wave of nostalgia. I feel like I enjoyed the movie in a different way as an adult than I did as a child. I like I said, Daniel Stern as a kid loved it. 
here. It was so uh, cuttable. It was, but it was, it was really funny. And so many of these movies try to make their kids protagonists, these kind of like super geniuses or these super unrelatable characters and little big league underlines and circles and crosses that all the way to the bank. Henry Roengartner from Rookie of the Year is a fucking dumb kid who gets lucky. And the movie never plays him for anything else except just some kid who is like never stops being excited that he's playing for his favorite baseball team. And it has an infectious energy, uh, a great supporting cast, a strong mom, single mom figure. Like the, the whole thing I think is really... It's one, like I said, one Daniel Stern away from being, I feel like really up there as this, as this like kids baseball comedy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't think, I don't think either of them was ever going to be something that I like put into my rotation because to be honest, a lot of kids movies that I watch, unless they're like really, really great and satisfying and targeting a adults as well as children most of them don't like make that much of an impression on me as i'm older like i don't know particularly if sandlot would make as much of an impression on me as an adult but it does partially because of nostalgia so it's already in there it got grandfathered in i love the movie it's a very sweet movie that's my my baseball movie that i love from when i was a kid um but rookie of the year is a movie that like now like if, if somebody says they have nostalgia for it i'm like oh i get that because it's a very like sweet fun escapist fantasy um in little big league it's sort of like about a kid's journey to becoming an asshole and realizing that the world is like hard and scary and it's just not like it's neither fun nor does it seem like it's a movie that kids would enjoy nor does it seem like it has any good lessons for kids and rookie of the year it's like well kids fantasize about being real baseball players like it's the only like little league games are essentially like mlb cosplay like it's sort of like the idea that like you don't need to put a little kid's surrogate in a lot of your movies because like kids are just gonna end up idolizing han solo anyways like, yeah, like little kids just look up to adults and like want to be involved in adult things. But like they don't understand like how fucking hard adult things can be. Uh, little little big league is like, yeah, the adult world's really hard. I bet you regret ever saying you want to get, play <laughs> baseball, don't you? You dumb little asshole. <laughs> um, but uh and he, he becomes more petty and like I don't think he makes proper comeuppance like he does in, in little bit in um. He's already insufferable. Yeah. He, he They introduce him by being like, hey, I don't know how baseball works. Jeff Garland and all these other adults. <laughs> and yeah. they're like, well, um, here's what's actually <laughs> happened. Oh, and then he goes up to the plate and he's like, uh, I lost the game for our team. Yeah. It's, it's bad at baseball, but I'm rich. He's such a whiny little bastard. I've People want to fuck my mom. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> and he does Where that shitty passive aggressive thing uh, when they're being interviewed after the the end of the first game where he's like, I would have done it differently. I would have done a whatever the play was. And he's just looking directly at the guy who ignored his, his oh. play advice because that's not his fucking job anyway. We didn't even talk about the Chris Berman interview that feels like it's supposed to be a dream that he wakes up from and then he I, doesn't. I, <laughs> I don't understand the question, Chris. I don't even know if it is a question. Why are you a verbally accosting a 12-year-old, Chris Berman? I'd, I'd recommend not doing that. 
But yeah, preferably do it while probably give them a good a good accosting while you're having sex with their mother. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's a scene also in Rookie of the Air where a guy walks in and says, "Yeah, your mother probably doesn't even know who your father is. Your father is some guy who left town." And the mom comes in. No, fucking- that's not some guy. That's that's, that's the, the boyfriend. boyfriend. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not obviously it's not some like like homeless soothsayer <laughs> so, off the street. So God. Oh man, that postman was way out of line. <laughs> hey, hey Henry, um I, I put I put your package in a little uh, plastic bag so it didn't get wet. I saw it was about to rain. Um by the way, your mother's a whore. <laughs> oh well your Amazon package here, you may notice it's uh it's 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 a book about how only one parent can ever call me down uh, from all of your mental anguish uh, because your mom is the worst <laughs> your dad ran out uh, uh, yeah hey how you doing uh, here's your blue apron order make sure you pull it inside uh, put all the food in the fridge you know these ice packs won't last forever hey uh, by the way um, do you know who your dad is uh, just go to a local bar and just say play eeny meeny miny mo and that's probably him uh, do you want to supersize this, or do you want your dad back, who's never coming back, just like supersizing? <laughs> oh, they, they used to. God damn it, right? I'm not doing that. Uh, anyways, oh, uh, so uh, divorce. Anyways. Okay. Uh, yeah, like that is a guy who comes in. He's like, yeah, you don't know who your mother is. Uh, <laughs> Weirdly, it's Rob Schneider's character from The Water Boy, who's time traveled back. It's like you can do it. Emancipate yourself. Your mom's toxic. <laughs> and then the the mom. Okay, so the mom swoops in. And it's like what the are you doing leave my the house weirdest, immediately the weirdest wrap-up we've ever had uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh so and, great movie. Uh, i can't even go back to that never mind whatever uh rookie of the year great movie uh a little big league not so much uh that's all i got on that uh so so anthony thank you so much for joining us on this crazily loopy episode <laughs> uh great to be here I, I i hope to come back when it's only one movie <laughs> I think it's fun to invite guests and then give them an outline that, and then of like, hey, this is kind of what the show looks like, and then send them one message that says, "But not this week." <laughs> Ain't gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, uh, but this was this was a lot of fun. Uh, this is one of those episodes that we'll edit into a very good episode. <laughs> oh, can we can we do our uh, our uh, Jacob's ladder thing real quick? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yes, you had a alternate theory. Yeah, so we were we were joking about this that um, rookie of the year is all Jacob's ladder scenario where when the kid falls after tripping over that baseball, he's actually like fatally wounded himself, and the entire movie is his fantasy flashing before his eyes as he's bleeding out on the grass. Yeah, I like I like the idea that it's all slow mo. <laughs> so like when he's up in the air is like the whole movie and then at the very end is him just crashing down and dying instantly because <laughs> he's like landed on his neck it's yeah, the it's, neck. 
It's a, it's like a separate piece thing. Uh, a part of his bone has traveled up his vein and has reached his heart. And now his heart is stopping. And now all he has is like DMT and all this other shit just flooding his system and giving him one last fantasy. And of course, the fantasy is pertinent to what is happening in front of him. He's at a baseball game. So, of course, his fantasy is through this baseball catch, I become the best baseball player. Oh, this has been a blast. <laughs> I am so tired. I am so happy. <laughs> yeah, I am. Oh uh, my god, it was an exhausting amount of information to cover, but I was <laughs> I was having a great time. Yeah, I am uh, having a great time. I don't know. This is past tense. <laughs> yeah. was, At one point, time. I was having a great time. At some point, it was a good time. It was now it's, a great now time. it's time until Anthony asked if permission to marry my mother. <laughs> that I I just turned on that. If you hit if you hit this home, <laughs> if, if this podcast gets good numbers, you can marry my mother. <laughs> Remember to rate and review us on iTunes so Anthony yeah. can marry Peter's mother. Yeah. If we, if we get ten new reviews on iTunes, four to five stars. I'm not gonna hope for too much. No Anthony, do you have anything to promote? <sighs> just let me breathe. <laughs> yeah, just take it in. Anthony, if you promote something, marry Peter's mother. <laughs> wait. <laughs> we, we, we don't do enough whispering on this show. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I know I'm basing this on one guest reaction, but I think whispering's about to become way more prevalent. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So I have two uh, Instagram accounts uh, <laughs> that I think people should follow. Uh, one is uh, pizza underscore cartoons, which is where everybody can see the uh, sketch of the, of the TV show project. So you can go through that and see all of the – I'm right in the middle of Gilmore Girls. Previously to this, I did uh, Faulty Towers, My So-Called Life, The X-Files. The other one is uh, AT Pizza. Uh, which is where all my photography is. Excellent. Yeah, and I've, I, uh, I don't, I don't think I follow them on Instagram because I don't have that. <laughs> but I definitely, um, I, I get those on Twitter. And you take some, some really great pictures. I always feel bad because I like like one when it shows up on my feed, and then I immediately am like, oh shit, I should have liked the last ten I saw, and I forgot to do that as I was scrolling through because they really are great. And we'll, we'll link to both of those in the show notes. Yes. The uh, lovely work, lovely work. Yep, it's the type of work that could get a mom or someone <laughs> a podcast to fall in love. Um, all right, let's go, let's go, let's go. Okay, all right. So next week, double trouble month. I actually like the idea of just laughing underneath everything we say, although it's going to make editing very difficult. Um, so, so uh, next week we have uh, double trouble in Douglas Lamont 
uh, who writes under Nerd in the Basement on his website. Probably something with Nerd in the Basement in it. We'll link to it next week. Um, I think it's nerdinthebasement.com. Maybe there's a blog spot in there. Don't know for sure. Didn't prepare. Uh, he's going to be guessing with returning guest Michael Gar Nair E. A Whoa. name that I can pronounce just like fucking like that. How'd you do that? Well, I tripped on a baseball and my <laughs> warnix uh, changed. That's so pretty that impressive. Although it's less fun because in this scenario, uh, I fell on my throat. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the following week, I think it's just a Pete and me episode. Uh, we're doing uh, Sea Monster, competing 1989 Sea Monster movies, Deep Star Six and Leviathan. Sounds good. And then, Peter... We still don't know what we're doing for July, and if you're listening to this, it means that you better fucking vote, because as far as I know, the poll has been closed. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the poll is still open, so uh, if you need a refresher, this is the first episode you listen to in a while, or at all, um, we are letting you guys decide uh, which of four themes we're going to cover for July. Uh, I'm not going to say which one is winning right now, because uh, <clears throat> it'll influence uh, your decision, maybe. But uh, the first one is Doing Time and Space, and that's movies featuring a sci-fi prison of the future. Second movie choice is Carping About Carpenter, The Orphaned Works of John Carpenter, Sore Thumbs, Video Game Adaptations. Uh, and summer camp movies that take place at a summer camp. So whichever one of those four you pick, we will do for the show in July. Go to uh, www.wltwpodcast.com and the poll is right on the front page. Uh, and uh, yeah. And there is a prize. So put your name, put your email. We'll keep all the information private. We're not selling it to lists because no one will take it from us. <laughs> uh, and uh, But no, uh, there's a, a Pulp Fiction Blu-ray and maybe a couple of other surprises. Yep, yep. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. So, so thank you so much. Uh, we'll do a typical awkward ending. I think they're whispering. So all new, all new door for awkward endings. To be honest, what's going to be especially weird, Peter, is that we run a compressor on this, so I don't know that evens out the volume. So I, I don't know what whispering's going to sound like under, the, under those circumstances. Aaron, I think it's going to sound like loud, like normal. It's going to sound like a normal voice, just like a really gonna... weird normal voice. It could sound like fucking Kiefer Sutherland, like anytime he talks in 24, where he's just like yell whispering. <laughs> By the way, uh, yeah, if you're listening and want to make Anthony laugh, whisper, man. Whisper in his sweet ear. Good night.
Hey folks, thanks for listening to We Love to Watch. If you want to get in touch with us, please reach out to us at either our website, wltwpodcast.com, or our Facebook group, facebook.com backslash we love to watch and uh yeah reach out to us give us some feedback give us some support uh, suggest movies for the show all that we are also available on soundcloud TuneIn, stitcher and itunes thanks for listening